Thank you. Two things we can be sure of. The Lord is strong and the Lord is kind. Why wouldn't we run to him knowing that? Let's pray. And then we're going to wrap up our uh, one another series for this year. Our Father, we give you praise for that truth and for the invitation from you to come. To come when we're weary, when we're burdened, when we feel lost, when we have doubts, when we're anxious and we're worrying, when we're confused. Father, thank you that we can always come. Father, we guide, we ask for your guidance as we uh, complete this series. Thank you, Father, that we could think about relationships again, uh, being one another people. We look forward to uh, the fruit of this time that we've spent these weeks. Um, Speak to us again. And may this be a special time this morning for us as a congregation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Yes, we are going to conclude our eight-part series called The One Another's More Than Just Sunday Close. It's been an interesting seven weeks. Uh, You know, it's kind of a combination of sad and glad when you end a series. A series uh, ending is sad for me because it's ending. but it's, it's kind of exciting, too, because now I get to watch and see what comes of it as uh, we try to practice what we've learned. And uh, so I hope that uh, we're going to see a lot of fruit. Uh, just to explain this title of the series, for those who haven't been with us, uh, you'll have to hear the series either on CD from the library or on our website. But the idea of this graphic where you have a closet and hangers is that the Lord has given his people this whole closet full of one another teachings, over 30 ways that we can show love to each other and we can relate to each other. And the idea is that our closet should always be empty. That's the goal. That we are every day taking all of these one another uh, principles off the hangers and we are wearing them as we go out into our world and we're practicing them. What happens a lot of times that we want to avoid, and I've been warning you about these weeks, is that we will take kind of uh, the few favorites of ours from the closet the one another teachings that we like the best or a lot of times that are the easiest for us to practice, and we put them on. We clothe ourselves with them, and we go out and practice them. But we leave all the others in the closet. And uh, that's not the intention. The intention is that our closet be empty, and every day we're wearing all of these uh, one another's, and we're practicing them in our relationships. Um, let me just review very quickly the one another's we've talked about uh, in the series so far. 
Uh, we've talked about servanthood, how we are to serve one another, how we are to be humble toward one another. We're to bear with one another and we're to forgive one another. We're to regard one another as more important than ourselves. We are to be devoted to one another and to honor one another. We're to use our gifts to serve one another. We are not to lie to one another, but speak truth to one another. Those are the one another teachings we've looked at so far. And uh, I just pray that God has spoken to our hearts and really grabbed us in some of these areas. And we're already starting to practice them more than we ever did. We're taking them off the hanger in our closet and we're wearing them and practicing them in our relationships. Today we're going to look at two more, the last two that we're going to look at in this series. And to see them, let's go to the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Toward the end of the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. And we find in this one passage the two one another's that we're going to think about today. And you're going to have to listen very carefully today because after the message, we're going to practice it. So you need to know what you're practicing, okay? So listen carefully today. Uh, the two one another's come in Hebrews chapter 10. Let's uh, look at verses 24 and 25 for now, and then we're going to come back to the the passage in just a few minutes. But here are the two one another's for today. Hebrews 10:24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Did you see the two one another's there? The first one is Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The second is encourage one another. And really they mean about the same. When you spur someone on toward something, in this case love and good deeds, you are encouraging them, right? When you encourage somebody, you're spurring them on. And those are the one another's we're going to think about for a little while. And then we're going to practice them. Spur one another on. Encourage one another. And what I like about these two is that the Holy Spirit is really involved in these two one another's. I would even go as far as saying that these two one another's are the Holy Spirit's specialty. Why do I say that? Because the word that's translated encourage is the Greek word paraclete. And that word is translated comforter, helper, counselor, advocate. Now, if you've studied the New Testament, you know those are terms used to refer to the Holy Spirit, right? 
In John 14 through 16, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. And depending on what translation you use, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the counselor or the helper or the advocate or the comforter or the encourager. They all come from that same word, paraclete. And so if the Holy Spirit is referred to as the paraclete, the one who comes alongside and encourages, helps, comforts, well then, these one and others are just his specialty. That's who he is. And if we as believers understand that the Holy Spirit lives in us, which means the encourager lives in us, then we know that if we will practice these one another teachings, it's actually the Holy Spirit who's going to be doing this through us. Because as the encourager, you know, sometimes he will encourage us all on his own, just within ourselves, right? Sometimes the Spirit of God just encourages us within our own spirits. But I think most of the time, he encourages people through us because he lives in us and he is the encourager and he helps us encourage others and he uses us as encouragers. So I think it's his specialty. The Holy Spirit's involved in these in a very special way because that's who he is. He is the encourager. So what I want to do is I want to very quickly go through some scriptures just to show you these scriptures. You'll have to look at them in detail on your own. But I want to show you all the forms of encouragement. I mean, encourage. That doesn't seem like a deep, heavy um, uh, term or thing that we uh, have to spend a lot of time studying. Okay, we know what encouragement is. We know what it feels like. We probably know how to do it. But I want to show you the many forms of encouragement that the Scripture points to. So we'll start here in Hebrews because we want to see what came before um, what we just read. So here in Hebrews 10, verse 22, let's start there. He says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Then verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And then in verse 24, which we read before, he starts out, and let us. So did you notice there's three let us's there? And here's the interesting thing. The first one in verse 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. That is something that you and I can do on our own. That's a very personal thing, to draw near to God with a sincere heart. The second let us, in verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. That also is a very personal thing that we can do on our own, to hold firmly to the hope that we have. But then the third let us changes somewhat. And that's where he says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And then eventually he says, encouraging one another. The third let us is not totally personal. It's not totally something we can do on our own. It calls for other people, right? 
We need to spur on others. We need to encourage others. So we can hold to the hope personally on our own. We can draw near to God personally on our own. But friends, if you're going to follow the third let us, you've got to be around people. Because it involves people. And that's what the writer goes on to talk about. Notice. He says, let us consider how. Be intentional about this. Think about how you can do it. Spurring one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together. As some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another. You see what the writer is doing? He is saying that the spurring on of one another and the encouraging of one another happens when you assemble, when you come together. So don't neglect it. Don't get in the habit of neglecting coming together because that's where most of the encouraging and spurring on of one another takes place. Isn't it interesting how the writer of Hebrews presents these two one another's in the context of getting together. Notice uh, this little paragraph on your sheet. For the early church, fellowship was the gathering of community where there was encouragement and the sense of being truly known. Nearness was essential. Without it, the ministry of spurring on was hindered. You need to read that paragraph a number of times and really think about it. Scripture presents fellowship as something that's experienced when the community of Christians gathers. It's the best environment for spurring one another on and encouraging one another. It can happen other times. But for some reason, the writer attaches these one another's to the gathering. Because that's where it can best happen. Where we can encourage each other and we can spur each other on. The gathering is that important. Before we move on to uh, the next form of encouraging, let me just remind you of this warning. When isolation becomes a comfortable habit, notice the writer says, don't let it become a habit, neglecting the gathering. But when isolation becomes a comfortable habit, you are in a vulnerable place spiritually because you're missing out on fellowship and the encouragement and the spurring on that is best experienced in community when there is a gathering. Isolation has always been dangerous for God's people. And it has never been the intent. And clearly the writer is saying, if you're going to experience encouragement and being spurred on, you need to gather. Because that's where it can happen. Go to chapter 3. There are other forms of encouragement. Let's quickly look at them. Chapter 3. Starting in verse 12, the writer says, See to it, brothers and sisters, 
that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. One of the forms that encouragement takes is where we can encourage one another in this whole area of uh, sin. Because sin is deceitful. And every one of us as Christians know that we are not immune from it. And that we can and probably have been deceived by sinfulness. And we've experienced sin and we've experienced temptation. And we've experienced doubts that might lead us toward sin. And the writer here says we need to encourage one another to help prevent that. One of the forms that encouragement can have is to help one another fight off temptation. Help one another with doubts that might lead us to fall for the deception of sin. We can encourage one another and help one another in preventing sin. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians. I find it interesting that in this one letter, Paul talks so much about encouraging. Many forms that encouragement takes. And I gave the wrong text for the first one. It should be chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. Chapter 3, 1 Thessalonians, verse 2. Paul says, we sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. One form that encouragement can take is we can help strengthen one another in the faith during times of trials. When we go through trials, we can become really unsettled, right? And all the other things that go along with trials, anxiety, worry, fear, whatever it might be. But Paul says, I'm going to send Timothy so that he can encourage you in your faith so you won't get unsettled in your trials. So sometimes encouragement takes the form of helping to strengthen one another in times of trials, coming alongside each other and encouraging in a way that will help that other person feel stronger as they deal with their trials. That's a form that encouragement can take. If you go over to uh, chapter 3, verse 7, 3, 7 of 1 Thessalonians, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. Here's a, a form that encouragement uh, can take. If you are living the Christian life, if you are living a faith life, if you are standing firm in the Lord, that is an encouragement to other people. That's a form that encouragement can take. Just by you living your life of faith and standing firm, others are encouraged as they see that, as they witness that. And it can spur them on to do the same. And later I'm going to ask you to think of people who've done that in your life, 
who've simply encouraged you because you've watched their life of faith. You've watched how they live, and it's been an encouragement to you that spurs you on. It's another form that encouragement takes. Chapter 4 of First Thessalonians, verse 18. <clears throat> Therefore, encourage one another. There it is. Encourage one another with these words. So we know that's ending something. Because he says, therefore, and he refers to these words. So what are the words? Well, if you were to look up at verse 13 and read on until you get to 18, Paul has been talking to people who are grieving because of death. They've lost fellow believers. And he says at the end of talking about the hope we have as believers beyond the grave, encourage one another with these words, with these words of hope. It's another form encouragement can take. Encouragement can be a comfort to those who are experiencing grief. And there's always people in our midst experiencing grief. So there's always the opportunity to encourage one another in that form of coming alongside and bringing comfort and encouragement in a time of grief. Chapter 5, another form that encouragement takes. Chapter 5, verse 11, again, ending a section. It starts, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. And if you were to read what came before this, you would find that Paul is encouraging the Christians to live their life of faith, to not live like the people around them who don't have faith. But they're to live like children of light. And he says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up to do that. So sometimes encouragement is just this spurring on to encourage each other. Keep going. Keep living that life of faith. You can do it. A lot of times that's the form encouragement takes. To build up someone, build up their confidence, build up their courage to keep going, to keep living a life. Chapter 5, verse 14. Paul says, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Who are the disheartened? They're the, they're the faint-hearted. They're the timid people. They're the people that they just need this nudge. Uh, they're timid. They, they, they have this fear of moving forward, taking that step, getting out of their comfort zone. They're timid about that. And Paul says, encourage those people. What form does that encouragement take? Again, it takes the form of maybe giving them that, that oomph that they need, you know, spurring them on to take that step, to not be afraid. You can do it. To give them confidence. To encourage the disheartened. And then... On your sheet, there's Titus 1, 9, 2 Timothy 4, 2. Both of them talk about the instruction of the Word of God. In Titus, it's referring to 
elders, people who would become elders, and saying that they need to encourage others through sound doctrine, through the teaching, the instruction of sound doctrine. And then in 2 Timothy 4, it's where Paul says to Timothy, a young preacher, preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season, but preach the word to encourage. That's another form that encouragement takes. When the word of God is taught, people can be encouraged. You ever been encouraged by the teaching of God's word? Of course, every one of us has. And that's a way to encourage, by simply teaching the word of God. It encourages people. And then Deuteronomy. And you'll notice I'm not having you go to all these because we are going to practice this, right? <clears throat> I hope I have you good and scared here. Um, but there's an interesting thing that happens in Deuteronomy 31 and then Joshua 1. If you're familiar with Bible history, Moses has led the people from Egypt the long way to the promised land. And they're ready to cross the Jordan into the promised land. And Moses is about to die. And a young man named Joshua is going to take his place and lead these millions of people into their land. Can you imagine what Joshua might have been feeling at that time? Well, it's really interesting. At the end of Deuteronomy in chapter 31, and you'll want to read these and see it, Moses, who had trained Joshua, speaks to him and he says something like this. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is with you. He encourages Joshua. Be strong. Be courageous, for the Lord is with you. That would have been important for Joshua to hear from his mentor. But then, Joshua chapter 1, the Lord himself speaks to Joshua. And you know what the Lord himself says to Joshua? He says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. For I will be with you just as I was with Moses. Be strong and courageous, for I will be with you. Then, if you go on toward the end of chapter 1, we have the people of Israel, whom Joshua will be leading, and he knows what they're like, and they say to Joshua, guess what they say to Joshua? Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is with you, and we will follow you. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is with you, and we will follow you. You see what happened there for Joshua? He needed encouragement. And the form it took is that this message of be strong and courageous for the Lord is with you got reinforced three times. Voices from three directions coming at Joshua right when he needed it. From Moses, be strong and courageous. God's with you. 
From the Lord, be strong and courageous, I'm with you. From the people, be strong and courageous, the Lord is with you. Sometimes that's the form that encouragement takes. Sometimes it takes a village, right? Sometimes it takes a community. It takes a whole church family. Sometimes we need encouragement. We need to hear it from many directions. And maybe you've experienced that. Where God in his kindness, when you really need encouragement, because you're about to step out into something that frightened you. And from many directions, God uses his people to come alongside and say, be strong, be courageous. God is with you. Sometimes, Encouragement takes that form of reinforcement. The voice is coming from all directions. As God uses his body, his family, to encourage us. So, encourage one another. Spur one another on. And there are many forms that that takes. And I would guess we have people here this morning who could benefit from any of those forms. There are probably people here who need to just be strengthened during a time of trial. You're unsettled. And the encouragement you need is just somebody to give you a little strength by what they say, by their encouragement, so you can keep walking through this trial. For some, I would guess there's some here who are under great temptation great temptation toward certain sin. And your need this morning is just to have somebody come and whether they know you're struggling with temptation or not, to just encourage you in a way that's going to keep you strong to resist that sin. For others, many of us, usually all the time, many of us are experiencing grief. Anytime the body of Christ comes together, there's somebody experiencing grief. And the need there is for just somebody to come alongside and encourage and comfort and help you in that next step in your grief. For some of you, you were here today and you just needed to hear this simple message of encouraging each other and spurring each other on. And that's all the encouragement you needed to just be taught from God's Word again, to keep going. Some of you are contemplating stepping out in obedience and and doing something you've never done before. It's scary. And maybe you need the encouragement coming from multiple directions. Be strong. Be courageous. The Lord's with you. You need that reminder to take that step and do it. Maybe some of you are here and you you just... you just need to be reminded because you look across the room and you see that person again and remind you of the, the life of faith that he or she has been living, that you've been observing. And just by seeing them here this morning and being reminded of that, it becomes an encouragement for you to keep going because of their example. If that's the case, you need to thank them. That'll encourage them. That their life of faith has encouraged and spurred you on. What am I saying? I'm saying there are so many forms that encouragement can take. 
And we see that from all these scriptures. And we just need to encourage. We need to spur one another on. So there's four questions on your sheet. The first one, who needs encouragement? That's a pretty easy quiz question, right? Who needs encouragement? Everybody. Everybody needs encouragement, right? If you say you don't need encouragement, I can confidently say you're a liar. And you've got to go back and listen to last week's message. Right? We all need encouragement. One of those forms or another, right? We all need encouragement. I need encouragement. In fact, some of you know this about me. When I started here in this ministry in 1979, I began what I call encouragement files. And this is 42 years worth of saving expressions of encouragement. You see, I need encouragement. And in these four files, because it doesn't all fit in one, I have kept emails, letters, notes, messages, cards that I've gotten that God used to encourage me. Uh, Some of you are in these because you've encouraged me. I can't get rid of them. They're in my file cabinet. And whenever I'm having a hard time, whenever I'm feeling discouraged or I'm right on that edge of feeling discouraged, I just grab one of these folders and I start paging through. And I start reading these things that at one time in the past God used a person to encourage me. I reread it. And it helps me to back away from that edge of discouragement. And it encourages me all over again. I need encouragement. You need encouragement. We all do. It's interesting. Um, On Wednesday night, we had a big circle. And uh, the plan for Wednesday night was that the teens would share with one another what they had learned at their fall retreat a week ago. And it was the quietest big circle we've had for a long time. A lot of extended periods of silence. Some shared, but it was uniquely quiet. So then I decided to ask this question. I said, I would guess that a lot of you were encouraged by something or someone at the retreat. Could you just share with us how you were encouraged, who encouraged you, how they did it, what you were encouraged by? You know what happened? People started talking, and I had to draw it to a close so that we could worship and go home. Isn't that interesting? And I don't know if those of you who were there noticed it. But when the idea was to talk about what was learned, there wasn't much sharing. But as soon as the idea of being encouraged came up, many shared how they were encouraged, who encouraged them, even by name. People right there in the circle. 
What did that tell me? There's something about encouragement, isn't there? There's something about being encouraged. We all need it. I remember after a service one Sunday, I uh, greeted a man and I said, it's nice to see you this morning. You know how he responded? It's nice to be seen. Did you catch that? I said, it's nice to see you. He said, it's nice to be seen. Just the acknowledgement of presence, the interest in someone. It's nice to be seen. We all need encouragement. So that's the answer to the first question. Everybody needs encouragement. Who needs to be giving encouragement? Every single believer. Every single person in the body of Christ. These teachings on encouraging one another and spurring one another on aren't for just a few Christians. They aren't just for church leaders. They aren't just for teachers in the church. They aren't just for the extroverts, the outgoing, who find it easy to encourage. These instructions are for every single believer. We are to spur one another on. We are to encourage. In fact, we are to be intentional. The writer of Hebrews says, consider how to spur one another on. That means think about it. Be intentional intentional about how you can encourage and spur on others. All believers should be giving encouragement. So here's a little exercise for you. The third question, who are three encouragers in your life? If you have a pen or a pencil, I encourage you to identify them by writing them on the line there. Who are three encouragers in your life? Who are three people that God has often brought alongside you to encourage you, to spur you on in whatever form it might be of the things we saw in the scriptures, the different forms? Identify them. Write their names. Think of their names right now. And again, you need to thank those encouragers. They need to know they're encouraging you. They need to know they're obeying the Lord. They need to know that they have taken encouragement off the hanger and they're wearing it. Because you thanking them and letting them know that they are encouragers in your life is going to, guess what? Encourage them. It's a way you can encourage them. They need to know that God is using them in your life. And then the last question, who are, at, who are the last three persons you encouraged? I hope it's easy to think about that and identify three names, who are the last three persons that you encouraged in one of those forms that we looked at in those scriptures? Who are the last three people? How far back do you have to go to remember who those last three people were? The last three people you encouraged. I think every day we should be waking up 
taking the spurring on one another and encouraging one another off the hangers of our closet and saying, God, I'm going to wear this. I'm going to wear these today and help me, lead me to somebody I can spur on in their walk with you. Lead me to somebody I can encourage in one way or another. Who are you encouraging? Everybody needs it. We need to be doing it. So, hey, let's do it. How's that? Let's do it. Let's get our spurs on. Okay? Now, mostly on Sundays, I will give you a challenge and encourage you to go out and, and uh, put into practice what we've learned. I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to challenge you to do it right away. Let's practice it before we even leave. So here's what we're going to do. For the next five to eight, maybe even up to ten minutes, I don't know. But I'm going to pray and then I'm going to ask you to just start milling around, walking around, okay? And let's encourage each other. What better day to encourage each other than when we're wearing name tags, all right? Because now you don't even have to uh, ask what their name is, all right? And let's just spend time encouraging each other. Now, we're not going to talk about hunting. We're not going to talk about the Vikings game. We're not going to talk about the weather. We are going to encourage one another in some form or the other. Maybe you know there are people here who have a need for encouragement in some specific situation. Go to them. Let God use you to encourage them. Maybe someone here has... uh, blessed you or encouraged you with their gifts or with their words of encouragement or the life they live. Encourage them by going to them and and thanking them and letting them know. Maybe you know somebody that's grieving. Come alongside and comfort. Give encouragement for that next step in their grief. Maybe you know somebody is going through a trial. Encourage them. Give them a little more strength because they might be unsettled right now in that trial. Just a little strength. Maybe you just need to say to somebody, be strong and courageous. God's with you. You can do it. Keep going. Um, or maybe you don't know anybody here. And you don't know anything about what's going on in their life. Did you know that just going up to them and greeting them and introducing yourself is encouraging? Remember what that man said. It's good to be seen. It's good to be acknowledged. It's good when people want to know me. There's so many ways we can encourage. Just give a couple of hugs. I don't know. But let's spend time practicing what God tells us to do. To encourage one another and spur one another on. Um. If you need to come down here because the people you want to encourage are down here, do it. If you need to go upstairs, do it. Um, But let's just mingle around. Let's let this be a time of practicing these one another, spurring one another on, whatever form that takes, and encouraging one another. All right? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to do that. And uh, uh, your time is up when the worship team comes up and starts playing. So you can't go home until after we've 
sung the last song, okay? So don't sneak out while we're doing this encouraging thing. Um, but when the worship team comes back and starts playing and leads us in the last song, you can come back to your seat for the worship, or you can just stand with that last person you encouraged, wherever that might be, and worship from there. But you'll know when the time comes because the team will come up and you'll hear them playing. So let's pray and then let's practice encouragement and spurring one another. Let's get our spurs on and uh, be encouragers. Father, we thank you for your word. This isn't hard to understand. We all know what encouragement is, what it feels like to receive it, what it feels like to give it. And Father, there's so many ways to do that and uh, so many needs for it. So God, I pray that in the next moments, uh, you would encourage many of us here as we uh, carry out this one another teaching. In Jesus' name, amen.